you know, uh, part of God's design, well, I say part of it, God's design for us, for His church, for the last 2,000 years-ish. Let me wait till that passes. Uh, is that His people would be filled with the Spirit. Not just filled as, as an experience of the past, but filled with the Spirit. It's an ongoing and continuous experience. Know what I'm talking about? In other words, it wasn't too long after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, uh, you know, a matter of weeks, until we came into the, the day of Pentecost, right? On the day of Pentecost, one of their feasts, Acts chapter 2, that's when the Holy Spirit was poured out in fulfillment of a prophecy from the book of Joel. And then all believers were filled with the Spirit. And there weren't a lot of them yet, uh, but uh, they were all filled. And then sudden, certainly right after that, you know, as you read the story, you know, 3,000 people immediately got saved, and, and, and all believers back then were spirit filled believers, right? I know that's not true today, and, and, and it didn't take long for even in, the, in those days for them to run out, and they needed exhorted to stay full. Uh, but that was God's design. In other words, we could interpret that this way and say the Christian life. Doesn't work and doesn't work in fullness or completion uh, without being full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. It was not designed to work without that perk, right? It was not God's plan for us to, uh, I don't know, muster up enough strength just have enough discipline or just memorize enough scripture and make it work or just have enough fellowship with believers just be faithful at, at church and then it would work no all those things everything you and I are to do is predicated by the need for being full of the Spirit continually. In other words, uh, should I pray? Yes, I should pray Spirit-filled. Should I go to church? Yes, but only if I'm full of the Spirit. Should I stay at home? Yes, but only if I'm full of the Spirit. You understand what I'm talking about? Well, I'm not filled with the Spirit today. I better skip church. No, you better get full of the Spirit. Because nothing works at home either. Am I to give? Of course. If you're filled with the Spirit. Should I serve? Should I, should I join the, the dream team? Yes. Filled with the Spirit, you should do that. <laughs> what about my life group? Do I have to be filled with the Spirit to do a life group? Yes. Only if you're going to do it in a Christian way. Only if you're going to do it in relationship to God. Now, if you're just going to be religious, then do what most of the world does. Do things without the power of the Spirit. Live a life with no miracles. 
live a life where there's no life. It's kind of all head. And it's all struggle. Amen. I've been pondering this, and maybe I'll say this, and now you'll know why I said it if I do. But I've been pondering uh, just lately uh, when people get saved on Sunday mornings, and I'm up here, and we're praying with the group of people to be born again, of, of saying, of telling them all, now that was the first of many miracles. Well, why do I want to say that? I want to set their expectation right, just in case they've been tainted by nominal Christianity, where people go years and never see answers to prayers and never see healings and never see God move in an outstanding way. Years. I thought, I don't want that. I don't want to set anyone up for that, for that type of walk with God where that's like considered normal. Everybody with me? Where people haven't like perceived the power of God on them in a tangible way in like a long time. How weird is that? It's good. Amen. Am I sound okay out there or am I sound totally funky? All right. I'm going to take this off and throw it at you. <laughs> In the spirit. Is that better? Do I need to start over? <laughs> um, where was I? Something about the Spirit. <laughs> Everything we do is designed to work, but that is the expectation that that would be the foundation. So when we read a verse, we read a scripture, and we see, you know, walk in love. Yeah, we can say, okay, yeah, I better suck it up and buck it up and, and do that forgive people and treat people nice, even if I don't feel like it. And that's good. I mean, that's honorable. That's a commitment. But that's supposed to be done while you're filled with the Spirit. Which is easier in reality? To, do, to obey God, to live a Christian life while you are bubbling out you know, your cup's running over with the, the, with the very presence of God in manifestation or to do it without that. Amen. You know, should I serve? Should I do this? Should I uh, do all these Christian things? Yes, but do it filled with the Spirit. And it's, it's interesting. I think this is, and I'm, I've been guilty of this too, but I think this is one of those areas that too many Christians are skipping over some out of ignorance and some out of negligence. But we think, I got this. Why? Because I've done this before. And we get right out of here and we get up here and we start serving God out of our heads because we know how. And we know I don't pull this lever, turn this crank, <laughs> right? Step on this pedal. That's how you make life work. We've memorized it. And maybe there was a time when the Spirit of God was leading and empowering us to do something, and he said in the middle of it, pull this lever and turn this wheel and step on this pedal. And so we memorized that, and now we just do that, but we do it without the Spirit. So it looks good from the outside, and we think, hey, I'm doing the same thing I used to do, 
but it's the invisible quantity of the thing that we're missing. And without that driving force, without that motivation, without that empowerment, without that, um, that life in it, it tends to take on, you know, kind of a religious nature, but it's, it might be what Timothy referred to when he said in the last days there'll be those who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. So it's formulated right. It's got a right shape. It's a right form. It kind of looks like the right thing, but there's no life in it. I don't want to settle for that, you guys. I don't want to settle for that in my own life. I don't want to settle for that in our church for a second. I mean, I think, yikes. I don't want to stand before God and say, Lord, I did what you told me to do. I did that church, and we started the church, and we built it, and we did all these things. And he said, yeah, but there was hardly any life there. Yeah, you did it. You had the structure and the systems and and good relationships, but it could have been so much more. It could have been more powerful. It could have been more tangible. It could have been more life-changing. And in part, you modeled being a Christian without power, and that led a bunch of other people to live a, like a Christian without power. You see how that's concerning? And I think we need to just, you know, get back to God's intention. The very first thing he did, you know, well, on the day of Pentecost, is he filled them all with the Spirit. And, and, and in fact, before that, he wouldn't even let them preach. Because say weren't there were there believers before that? Well, of course there were. There were his disciples. He had a bunch of them, right? Not just the twelve minus one, and then, you know. But there was five hundred people that saw Jesus at once after the resurrection. There was a lot of people who believed in the Lord, but he wouldn't let them do anything. Wouldn't let them preach or anything. Why? Because you can't do this without power. He said, "I don't want you to guys go stumble all over yourselves." I'm, I mean, I'm adding to the what he said, but I'm kind of reading between the lines. I don't want you trying to do this without, the, without being full of the Spirit. And if I could add to that, I think there's other things that we could, we could probably um, intimate that are true, kind of what I started off with. You're married. What, you're going to do that without being filled with the Spirit? What, you have children, you're going to try to raise them without being filled with the Spirit? What? You're doing school and you're going to try to do that without being filled with the Spirit? What? You're going to, go to, you're going to have a career and you're going to lead a company or you're going to work for a company and you're going to do that without being filled with the Spirit? Get ready for a long life. <laughs> right? Say, well, isn't it possible? Yeah, well, it's possible on a certain level for some people. I'm just telling you, God has called us to so much more. Amen. And we should take advantage of that. And what I'm referencing is not, is not just, uh, you know, what's, what's referred to as the Pentecostal experience or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, that, of course, that's a part of this. But I'm talking to people who've already received that too. Everybody with me? How many know Jesus did not do miracles his entire earthly life until he was filled with the Spirit. And he was filled with the Spirit at his water baptism. Remember, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, filled him then. Then he went to the wilderness and then came out. Power of the Spirit and miracles started happening. 
Why didn't he do miracles before that? He was just as much the son of God before that. He didn't become more the son of God after he was filled with the Spirit. It's just that's one of the necessary components. If you were to say, well, I think he could have done miracles before that. Well, you're totally speculating. And two, whether he could or not, he didn't. And if he didn't, you going to? (laughs) If Jesus required the infilling of the Holy Spirit to do the work of God, how much more do we need that very same thing, right? So he didn't until, and so it kind of prioritizes a little bit. Before I do anything in God, before I endeavor to live my life for God, just be a good Christian. What do I need to have first? I need to live full of the Spirit. Amen. And too many times we skip that step. I don't have time to drink. Drink in the Spirit. I don't have time. I got places to go and people to see and things to do. Right? I don't have time for that. And then it takes us twice as long to do what, we're, what we need to do because we're doing it in our own strength and not led. So we miss opportunities. We miss warnings. We miss all these things. And then you spend, you know, an extra few weeks getting repaired from this, getting overcoming this because you injured yourself because you weren't filled with the Spirit and listening. Or fixing something that you did wrong because you weren't filled with the Spirit and listening to the Lord. <laughs> Everybody okay? See, even, uh, even the, the folks in, in Acts chapter 2 and then those who got saved thereafter, uh, you might be familiar with this and you could look at it if you want, but it's in Acts chapter 4 when, uh, when they were in, the, in a prayer meeting together that they were all filled with the Spirit. And so it only took them two chapters to become unfilled with the Spirit. The Spirit-filled believers needed to be filled with the Spirit. If that's true for them, is that true for us? They need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Spirit. Now, one of their motivations is they're being threatened. Do we need that? Do we need some threats? Do we need to have some people? Do we need to, some people really coming against us and really just t- attacking us before we're going to say uh, we're going to pray in such a way that we are going to leave full of the Spirit? If you remember their story, you remember the house shook in their situation. Even the building shook. Say, I've never seen the building shake. I don't know. Maybe we're not praying like they prayed. Maybe we pray and we like, well, if something happens, good. If not, I think we can still make it. Is it that's, you, that's typically one of the reasons um, that, you know, missionaries and different ones who visit certain parts of the, of the world where, where it seems miracles are more common, at least larger scale miracles are more common than here. And one of the reasons they'll usually give is, is people don't have options. They'll say, when people uh, need a miracle, it's either I'm looking to God for help, and it's either him or nothing. And here it's like, well, I'm going to pray, but if not, I've got my surgery scheduled. If not, I can change my diet. I can do this. And, and so we make way, a way to live without the power of God, and thus we do. Whereas those who say, 
there is no fix. I'm in trouble. It's over. Lord, it's all you now. And there he is. Amazing. And so maybe they prayed a little bit different. When, when, when they, but they all got filled with the Spirit again. Amen. And then, then uh, we might as well just read the, the verse over in, uh, in Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 5. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord wants to help us tonight. Amen. You're probably familiar with this, but Ephesians chapter 5. Well, some of you are. I don't want to assume everybody knows this. Uh, verse, verse 17, 517. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. <laughs> everybody wants to know the will of God. Here it is. Do not be drunk with wine. You could say, or in, drunk with anything else, any other physical substance, in which is dissipation, but, so not just period, the Lord recognizes the need for intoxication. Doesn't he? Don't get it with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so, but no, so notice, Paul's writing to the Christians at Ephesus. These are spirit-filled believers. So how do you know they're spirit-filled? Well, Acts chapter 19 shows us the foundation of that church when there were those 12 guys, and they all got filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues. This is the same place. So it's cert certainly grown since then, but that's, their, that's what they, they teach. That's what they preach. That's what their experience is. These are spirit-filled believers, and I say spirit-filled, at least at some point in their life. They had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They knew about that, practiced that. And he gave them instruction and said, listen, you guys, uh, don't, uh, don't do this, but be filled with the Spirit. And there, or there's a continual thought there, be being filled or be, be continually filled with the Spirit. That was their, his instruction to them. That is his instruction for us. We must be filled with the Spirit. I don't know if we need, maybe we need convinced of the need of this. Because uh, if we don't live this way, and again, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus. I've done this too. I've figured this out. Bless God, I know how to do this. You know. But maybe we, maybe we need to be convinced of the need because whatever your life is, when you're not living full of the Spirit, and I say living full, you have to repeatedly get full. Okay, it's not a one and done thing. I don't mean the Holy Spirit leaves us, but you know how that works. You know, you got a cup of water and you can have some water in there, but you can also have it full, right? Uh, the Spirit doesn't leave us, but it's different living full. The only way you, you live full is you get full. And then life kind of, I don't know, it seems to kind of shake it out. <laughs> when I say it, not the Spirit, we'll talk about that later. Uh, uh, but I mean the, the, the tangible manifestation of the Spirit. It seems to you get bumped by this person and bumped by this issue and bumped by this thing in life and then the TV sucks a little out of you and right your phone buzzes a few times, you go down a little bit more. 
right? Someone complains to you about this, and then the kids complain, right? You deal with enough life and enough stuff, and what's, what's going on? Well, you become conscious of the world and conscious of things and conscious of problems, and what do you need? You need a refill. Aren't you glad for refills? <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, uh, we would go out to eat at Pizza Hut. And uh, at Pizza Hut, and when I was a kid, they had little TVs out there on the table. You could put money in and watch TV. That's irrelevant, but I just thought of it. <laughs> but when we order pizza, and not only Pizza Hut, but like Shakey's and different places we'd go to when I was a kid, uh, is uh, you don't order pizza, but then you'd order Cokes and things like that, but you had to order them in a pitcher. So you'd all share. So, you know, you always had to like not drink very much, so you wanted to have some left with your pizza. Now we don't have to have those disciplines. <laughs> Because they're bottomless, right? <laughs> fill it up, fill it up again, fill it up again, fill it up again. I saw a famous, a very well-known preacher on TV a few years ago, and he was talk, He was giving an illustration. He said, "Yeah, when I go to a restaurant, he, uh, he said I'll I'll get a diet coke, and and he said, and I usually, you know, I'll drink like twelve or thirteen of them." <laughs> and he got that same response from his church. <laughs> He said, he, he said, you guys act like I just said I was taking cocaine. <laughs> anyway, but uh, refill. But just like you might need a refill of, your, of some kind of drink, uh, we absolutely need to be refilled with the Spirit. Say, so how do I know if I'm full? Well, one thing you can see here is if you keep reading is he goes on to say speaking I lost my place there. Uh, verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks to, to the Father, all, uh, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. So all those things are both kind of cause and effect. You can get filled with the Spirit by speaking and singing and, and giving thanks, but also those are the things that come out of a, a, a Spirit-filled heart. When you're full of the Spirit of God, you're going to be quick to sing. You're going to be quick to praise. You're going to be quick to, you know, submitting to one another means you're not demanding your own way. Submitting to one another means he says, hey, what can I get for you? What do you need? What, where do you want to go? What, do you, what, do, what would you prefer? Can I do anything for you? It's, it's giving in. Demanding people are not Spirit-filled. Hallelujah. People who don't praise are not Spirit-filled. People who are not thankful are not Spirit-filled. Amen. People who can't wait for the worship time to get over. Now, I understand if everyone was singing off key or it was bad, I, I would, you know, but that's not the case here. But you can see some of this. So when I'm filled with the Spirit, I'm not filled with something else. When I'm not filled with the Spirit, something else is going to fill the void. And sometimes it's a critical spirit. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's frustration. Sometimes it's, you know, other annoyances. Amen. But when you're filled with the Spirit, you start acting like the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, man, you're, you're easy to get along with too. 
There's confidence, there's boldness, there's no fear. When you're filled with the Spirit, there's, uh, there are so many benefits because you're pretty much like, like God. I mean, it's your natural bent to act like Him, to respond to circumstances like Him, to deal with life like Him. And it's easier to hear His voice. See, we want to speak the Word, and we, and we should, and I'll teach that, have teach that, taught that, will teach that again. Speak the Word, speak the Word, speak the Word, the power of your words. But that's not, that's not really intended to happen outside of a spirit-filled life. These things are supposed to work together. Everything we do in God comes from the foundation of being filled with the Spirit of God. If that's the way we approach it, I think we're going to see far more manifestations of God in our lives. Far greater manifestations of the Spirit of God in our services. Not just the Word, not just the Word, but the Word and the Spirit, like we say so often. But what do we mean the Word and the Spirit? Everybody come filled with the Spirit. This kind of meeting, woo, I mean, this is the one above others that this is supposed to be that way. Okay? Because the, for the large majority of us, we are sold out the whole route, committed to the Lord. We want the things of God. It's the reason we come. We're not like those bozos who only come on Sundays, right? <laughs> Don't tell them we said that. That's just between us. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about some serious believers here. How should we approach church? Filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Instead of filled with other things. You can see what kind of spirit people are full of by how they act. Okay? Like, like you might remember uh, when uh, G- Jesus and the disciples went across the lake. They had the big storm and, you know, they were delivered. Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves. They came on the other side of the, the, the uh, region of the Gadarenes. There's the dude. Well, really, there was two dudes if you read all the accounts of it living in the caves. Uh, referred to as the madman of Gadara. The madman of Gadara. He was a scary dude. He didn't wear clothes. He was demon-possessed. Remember the Legion? And he would cut himself. So you can see what spirit people are filled with by the type of, types of things they do. Okay? Now, I realize that's extreme, and we could pro- most of us could probably identify that. You look like the madman of Gadara. You know, cutting yourself and, and going around naked. You're definitely, you have some hitchhikers, right? Uh, you are not filled with the Spirit of God. That's easy to see. But you can see that uh, even without someone being taken over and possessed on that level, you can see what spirit occupies a person's thoughts, their motives, the way they conduct themselves by the types of things they do. Sometimes, I mean, just be honest, you can see it in, in the way, in the lack of clothing that people wear. It's like, were you filled with the Spirit when you chose that outfit? <laughs> now, it's hard to say because, you, oh, you're just judging and all this stuff. Well, you do judge yourself then, but I'm just saying, what motivates? I wonder sometimes when people do certain things to their body, what were they filled with the Spirit that day? You make your own judgments concerning your own life. But what motivates you? Sometimes there are, people are filled with the ideas of Hollywood. 
They're filled with the ideas that they, they got off other, other media and from other people. But they hadn't spent an hour in the presence of God for, for how long? And they're making big decisions in their life. Well, you know, our marriage is struggling. I get it. I understand. That's very real. Are you filled with the Spirit? Well, yeah, I speak in tongues. I'm not talking about what you did some time ago or what you do every once in a while in church. I'm talking about what you do every day. How do you maintain yourself filled with the Spirit? And you're, you, you say, well, I, uh, now don't take this in the wrong way because there's a proper place for all this. But some, I, I, just, I just need counseling. Well, maybe you do, but are you filled with the Spirit? If every time there's struggle, if every time there's a hardship or a difficulty in life and marriage and finances, work and health and job, the first thought is I need to talk to someone. If the first thought is my, my, you know, my friend, my counselor, my banker, my doctor, my whatever, all this, if that's the first thought, I'm thinking, dude, you need to get filled with the Spirit. Why? Because when we're full of Him, He's going to be our first go-to. And I don't mean it's wrong to get help from other people. We are a body and we're supposed to do that. But I'm just saying that if that's always our go-to and that's always what happens when we're in trouble, we're always looking to go to another person, we probably ought to get down on our knees and pray in the Holy Ghost for a while. And do that tomorrow too. Say, how long? Pray long enough until you're full again. Say, how do I know? You know when you know. You know when God is more real to you than, than problems. You know when God is more real to you than circumstances. Amen. And I'm not preaching this in, in such a way where I'm saying, you know, I don't get it and I don't, I don't understand your situation. And, and Well, maybe I don't exactly, but I understand life and situations. And I understand sometimes you don't feel like praying and you don't feel like seeking God and you don't feel like spending time in the Word and spending time in the Spirit and getting full. I get that. I also know what happens when you do. And if you do that regularly, man, everything else is easier. Man, all of a sudden, answers are coming quicker. Instead of struggling with something for week after week after week, and you spend time for a minute, or, you know, relative, comparatively a minute, and it goes away. Amen. I want to tell the story of this guy, but I can't tell all the details, but just because I don't remember all the details, but he, uh, and it wasn't that long ago I heard it. I just need to hear it, but how he had this... Uh, tumor in his mouth and and so he went away to he said I'm going to go take care of business and I, I don't want to get the details wrong but I remember this part he went away to like a hotel or something he said so I spent the morning I spent three hours praying in the spirit he said then I spent three hours reading the scriptures on healing and then I said thank you Lord so I'm healed he said it was dry didn't feel anything and so I went out to dinner he said, so I did it the next day, and I spent three hours praying in the Spirit, and I spent three hours in the Word, and, and then I said, and thank you, Lord. And I forget if it was two days or three days, but one of those, he said, and when I said it, and the Spirit of God came upon me. And, and then he said he didn't, he didn't leave instantly, but he knew it was gone. You know, but it was still there, but it was like the next day, and it was gone. And I thought, I like, the, I like your attitude. I'm 
just going to go all in and knock this thing out. That's not necessarily a recipe. That's not what you see for all healings. But I like his seriousness. How he said, I'm just going to go all, I'm just going to get in there. I'm going to take care of this. We're going to, I'm going to get along with God until I get this. And he didn't got it. And while others are standing in faith three years later. Hallelujah. Is that offensive? <laughs> Listen, I appreciate people standing in faith, but I wonder sometimes if we're just missing the spirit, the spirit element to what we're doing. I believe in standing on the word. I believe in speaking the word. I believe in standing on the word, how's levered long you need to stand. But uh, at the same time, being filled with the spirit is God's recipe for ever, to make everything else go. Hallelujah. God is good. And he wants us to live this way. He wants us to live filled. He wants us to live full. He wants us to, to stay ready at all times. Amen. You know, the, uh, when Paul, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, um, he said, uh, be instant in season and out of season. What, what does that mean? Be ready in season, ready when you feel like it, ready when you don't feel like it ready to preach, ready to do whatever God has. And uh, someone said, how, how can you do that? How, how can you be just ready all the time? Well, you can't be ready necessarily up here for what you don't know is coming. But you can be ready in here by having a continual flow of God's Spirit in your life. Jesus even said, and this is not for everything, but he's told his disciples There'll be times you'll be, you'll be called before uh, rulers and governments and stuff. He said, in those situations, don't even premeditate what you're going to say. I'll give it to you in the moment. Right? So there is, that's not the only thing. There's times for preparation, but it's one of the ways the Spirit of God moves in our lives. How do we do that? Stay full. Get full. Pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray until you, until you see. Pray until he's, he's, he's filled you again. Amen. Uh, it seems to me like in the, in the context, in the midst of, a, of living a spirit-filled life, that God will interrupt you at times. And I'm thankful for it. My most, my most recent uh, thing uh, I would relate this to is Sunday, just th three days ago. And I was seeking the Lord for people to be yeah, like I am now, <laughs> but people to be, uh, have an experience with God and be filled with the Spirit of God again. Uh, those weren't my exact words to the Lord, but it, in essence, it was such. And uh, in the first service of, the, of, the, of that day, the 930 service, there came like a baptism of the Spirit in this place. And I was messed up pretty good. And it, it lasted through the day, but it did decline a little bit as far as the overflow. It happened once, and it was sustaining, but it, I, it, it caught me off guard. I thought, this is the first service. Do these people even love you as much as, like, the other services? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding, but, <laughs> but it was just God moving and just powerful. 
And I thought, that's normal right there. That's the way it's always supposed to be, not just in our gatherings, but in our personal lives where you're cruising along and you pray for a minute and, whoo, there he is. Boom, bam, just he fills you up again. That's the way life works. If we go too long without that, I'm saying we're setting ourselves up for, for difficulty, setting ourselves up for struggle. Amen. Oh, God is good. Amen. Let's have you, uh, you guys come back. Praise, praise God. You guys have a word? Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand up. Praise God. I want to, I want to take a few minutes and... These things can't be forced, meaning if you don't want to do this, that's totally up to you. But, uh, but I want to take a few minutes and encourage everybody to call out to the Lord for a fresh infilling, a fresh fire, a fresh baptism. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, you can receive for the first time that would be awesome. Uh, but if you, even if you've been spirit-filled, to call out. If that stirs your heart, if that moves you, it moves me and I'm the leader. <laughs> and I believe you should. I believe we should. Call out to the Lord. I mean, call out to him with all your heart. And say, and tell him you recognize, I need, I have a need for the continual filling of your spirit and I'm seeking I'm, a, I'm asking I'm seeking I'm knocking right now for a fresh dose a fresh filling of the spirit of God in my life amen if you say oh, well I don't know if I, I'm ready for that because I got these problems listen if you got something that's burdening you in your mind get that out before him in a minute just clear the clear the road I'm not saying you necessarily need to, but if it's hindering you, then, then do and say, I, I, I receive forgiveness. The blood of Jesus cleanses me. And then just say, now, no, Lord, fill me again. Fill me again. Fill me again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go before him.